I'm on a bit of a furniture purchasing high, I think. Uh, tell, tell me what that is. So as I had mentioned on the previous show, or maybe the show before that, um, I've just moved. And as such, as, as being somebody who is, is firmly planted in middle age, um, I, I'm, I'm trying to like banish most of uh, the vestiges of my old IKEA-based existence. So you gave me an, an incredibly hot tip, which uh, we'll relay to uh, to um, our listening audience. If you live in the Bay Area, there is a uh, Pottery Barn West Elm outlet that's only open three days a week. Uh, that's located on, I'm not sure if it's on or adjacent to the like abandoned Alameda Naval Base. Uh, just outside of Oakland, California, as as all the as all the great outlets are, yeah. Like I mean, most most outlets are like in the middle of nowhere, um, because like they they want like expansive real estate on the cheap, which I'm I'm sure this is probably part of that too. But like it, it's 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 uh, like the last five minutes of of navigation to it make make you wonder what's actually going on, and <laughs> and if your co-host sets you up for, like to be, to be murdered or something, <laughs> and figuring out exactly where you can park your car. <laughs> Well, that was actually pretty clearly labeled when when I uh, really we, maybe they fixed that. Yeah, we had some we had some trouble with that when we went. Well, but I also I also went on a Friday afternoon and it was not busy at all. No, yeah, it wasn't really it wasn't overly crowded when we went either. But there were just enough cars there where it just it wasn't really clear mm-hmm. where the where the parking ended. Yeah, but no, it, it it's fantastic. You the inventory and what's so it's it's a big like i don't know if it's an air if it's a warehouse or an aircraft hangar or whatever it actually is but um it's just a big open warehouse full of like some new in box stuff some probably store demos um and then a sizable quantity of damaged goods um but basically everything there is at least 50 percent off they have uh pretty much everything um, and I think I got a couple of couple of good deals. You, you, uh, it was it was a good tip. I got myself a, a brand new. Um, I forget what it's called. It's a West Elm couch. It's called. It's a very very handsome couch. It's good. It, it looks very uh, like uh, hipster Brooklyn. <laughs> and, and is that is that the you know you asked me either last week or the week before sort of the the aesthetic that we were going for in our, in our apartment is, um, is hipster Brooklyn. Is that, uh, is that your aesthetic? M- mine, mine is, uh, uh <laughs> clinging to middle age before, oh, it, before okay. it all. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Again, this, this is to like cement that there's any, like any remaining vestiges that I'm cool is kind of what I'm going for. Sure. Yeah. But no, it's it's uh, it was it was a very nice couch, so I appreciate the tip. And then I got a good uh, reclaimed wood coffee table that I actually think looks amazing. It's my favorite thing I've got. Um, and then I also bought a ninety-five pound uh, wooden tree trunk stump to <laughs> to use as a as a side table. Um, not sure about that one, but uh, it's currently um, it's it's where Alexa lives right now. So yeah, no, I I have to admit that um, both the lady friend and I are a little jealous of that because when we when we saw the picture that you posted of it, the first question we both had simultaneously was, "Oh man, did he find that at the outlet too?" Because we were we were bummed that um, that we didn't see it. Because to to your earlier point, I mean, every week I think is just sort of like <laughs> you just never really know like what's going to be there. Yeah, I got it for ninety bucks. It was originally like three hundred. I'm sorry, whoever actually paid for that for it, but um. It's actually, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. 
Um, I'm not. I'm not really sure though. Yeah, so we we actually ended up um, talking with a couple of the folks there for a while when we went, um, and you know before because you know we we hear from the listeners a lot, Carlos, that they they think that this is too much of a uh, Bay Area centric podcast. So before before people start writing in those angry notes, um, I do also want to say that this is not just an Alameda thing. They actually have these outlets located throughout the country. I think there's about I don't know six to ten of them or so. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually each have their own Instagram account in case you're interested in following. Um, but yeah, the one here in Alameda is pretty interesting because they opened it sort of on a whim, um, I guess, early, early last year. Uh, it was only supposed to be open for, I think, about three weeks. And then they extended it a handful of times. And then those extensions kind of kept getting longer and longer to the point where um, just a couple of months ago, they ended up extending for, I think, like a three-year lease now. So it's it's kind of like not a permanent thing, I guess, technically, but it's gonna gonna be around for a while. And um yeah, it's pretty pretty darn cool. I mean, I, I told you at least twice before you went that you can't really get your hopes up too high because it, it really is sort of a crapshoot as to what's gonna be there and even the stuff that's there, the condition is sort of all over the place. But Yeah. Um, but we, you know, we both um we both had some good luck and you know, they, they do a decent job of you know, appropriately marking down things that are in, you know, really rough condition and then, you know, marking things down less that are either like new in box or in really good condition. Um, but like you said, everything is at least 50% off and you can, um, you can typically get things for actually, um, even more than that off. Um, although one of the, one of the really funny things about it, going back to the point that you never really know what you're going to get, even when you're there, um, like the the lady friend had a particular item in mind that she was curious if they had, and they they just said, hey, you know, we we don't really keep track of what's here. We we can't tell you if like specific items are in stock because we don't really even know what's in stock. Which both of us, of course, being accountants, um, just we, like our our first image, thought was <laughs> inventory controls do not pass rigor. <laughs> yeah, our our first thought was this is an auditor's nightmare. Um, but but anyway, um, yeah. So this this picture this picture that you just sent me here in the in the dingus, uh, we we saw that too, and and it sh- shockingly, it was still there when you went. So that was like it was pretty I, expensive too, right? No, uh, I mean full uh, price. It was pretty expensive. Well, of course, but yeah, I, I don't know if I um, <laughs> if it's appropriate for a, a middle aged man. I should stop joking about that because when I am middle aged, it's gonna suck. Um, for a 20-year-old guy to have a... I can't tell if this plugged in. I don't know if it's lit up, like if it's neon or if it's just like that, but it's it's a gigantic like four-foot um, thing that you mount on a wall that says shine. It's meant for a teenage girl's bedroom. Well, yeah, so it it is in the, the Pottery Barn teen or the, the PB teen, as you, as you would say, section. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess when I saw it a couple of weeks ago, I just assumed that it was, yeah, some type of LED lit sign, but looking at it closely here i actually don't think it is yeah. i think it's just just plastic yeah the only other thing is there, there is this really sleek desk that apparently has a retail price of twenty eight hundred dollars so even though it was on clearance or whatever is wrong with it it's still thirteen hundred dollars which is a bit rich for my blood wow yeah that's really sharp but yeah, yeah. that's way too expensive yeah you know the one the one thing we were a little in, little disappointed by actually was so you know you you certainly 
um, pay a premium for a lot of the Williams Sonoma brands, particularly like with pottery burn stuff. Mm-hmm. And what's kind of disappointing with a lot of the wood items is a lot of them are not real wood. Yeah, like that's the build quality. It's supposed to be better, but it like it, a lot of times it doesn't actually seem that much higher than IKEA. Yeah, like I mean, you're never you're never going to hear me complain about the you know particle board based nature of IKEA products because you know hey that's that's why you're getting such a good deal yeah. right but you know when you're paying you know a thousand dollars for a dresser or um, I guess th- this desk that you showed me is not a good example because that is real wood but um, but a, lo- a lot of the stuff there surprisingly is is not real wood and and of course they go out of their way to make it look like real wood which almost makes it worse <laughs> um, but anyway. Yeah, that desk is really nice. That was also not there when when we went. Yeah, so I'll probably go back in in uh, a week or two and see because there's some. Uh, yeah, I'm again, I'm excising all the IKEA stuff out of here. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah. So uh, highly recommended to all all the folks out there. Um. Yeah. It, it's and it's in a it's in a like a interesting area. So like I I joke that it's sketchy, but it's just as you're, it just really feels like it it wouldn't be there because when you drive like uh two blocks in another direction, you have like a decommissioned um. U.S. naval ship, which is a good Instagram opportunity, but it's it's also a little confounding. Yeah, the the two areas that are like that around here are Alameda and Treasure Island. You ever been over there? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, you, you get you get yourself in these situations where you know you're cruising along a perfectly you know normal paved mark road, and then you you make a right turn, and all of a sudden it's just you know it's just a bunch of unmarked pavement, and it's not really not really clear where you're supposed to go. Apple Maps will do that to you. <laughs> this thing. Um, yeah, that's the worst. Sorry, that's the worst part about CarPlay is that it's, just, it's impossible to use Google Maps. Yeah, that um, there was a hot minute there where um, I really thought about going down the CarPlay route by you know swapping out my current head unit and everything, which which on my particular car would be an, an extra big pain in the ass. But um, after reading more about it and kind of hearing your experiences, especially with the the kind of limited navigation options, I think I'm going to go ahead and pass. Well, overall, my opinion of CarPlay is actually very positive, if only because of um, Pocket Cast. I know you're a Novacast guy, but um, Pocket Cast has a fantastic and super reliable um, CarPlay compatible app, which makes it so easy to navigate your podcast safely. Um, like while while you're stopped and stuff. So no, it's it's and the the navigation isn't that bad. I just I just don't I don't know, I just don't trust Apple Maps. But it's not terrible. No, but I, I just I do think you get especially when you're in a kind of heavy traffic situation, it's mm-hmm. it's tough to beat Google Maps in Waze. Yeah. Yeah. Wait Waze is Waze is good. I just, I don't, I, I can't get behind or I just can't get into kind of the Waze lifestyle. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it requires a lot more interaction than any other yeah. nav app. And also sometimes the, the rerouting is a bit too aggressive for my taste. Like it wants you to like, just like get off on all these weird side streets, which I'm sure do save you time. But sometimes it's just like, you can tell the line of cars ahead of you that are also using Waze. I- <laughs> You, yeah, you, yeah, you can. I, and, I yeah, yeah. I, I think the big thing with Waze sometimes isn't that it's necessarily saving you a ton of time, but it's it's keeping you moving. So you know, instead of sitting in yeah. traffic, you're sort of going around the traffic and 
Yeah, ultimately, you know, you probably spend about the same amount of time in the car, but at least, you know, you're not bumper to bumper. Yeah, I'm not sure that's better. <laughs> so what you're just saying, it, it makes driving more of an adventure. It doesn't actually save you time. Some, no, sometimes. I mean, sometimes it, I think it legitimately does save you a lot of time. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Anyway, so what were we talking about? Yeah, furniture. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, that'll, that'll be a work in progress. I will keep updating folks. We'll have a little bit of um, my progress with some of that stuff. Like, I've gone all in on the Hue lifestyle, so we'll we'll get into that. Um, but no, it's still it's still a a big project. Well, I think we I think we should just get straight into that. that that's the that's the thing that I'm most interested in hearing about. I think I hold on. There's one other thing I got that's more important than that. Oh, okay. That you failed me and did not tell me about this. Uh oh. Sergio Roma went to the Dodgers. I went an entire month without without knowing this. I kind of assumed that all the big giant stuff you just know about. Like I don't know how this like just flew under my radar because I think like my avoidance of trying to just not listen to anything football related, like I just block out all sports from uh, like December to April. So I think that was probably it. So is is the deal that the Giants were like just like thank you for your service, but uh, we are not renewing your t- contract, and the Dodgers scooped him up. That's right. Yeah, he he was a free agent, and the story goes that the Giants did, did not even make him an offer. It wasn't like they were you know disagreeing on money or terms or anything. It's just the Giants felt felt like they just needed to move on, which you know I I kind of tend to agree with. I think. Um, Kind of like you he, know? he he hasn't been delivering in the in in the same way. Like in certain years, he was a much more critical player, and he was um, a more reliable closer and and save. Um, yeah, but he pitcher. really but he really hasn't been the go to guy since twenty twelve. I think twenty fourteen. Well, like the past yeah, two seasons, you're right. He has not done a lot. No, no, no. You're right. I'm sorry. It, it was the 2014 run. He was really good. Um, but since then, I mean, it's been a solid. Yeah, it's two years. That's right. Two, not four. Two. It's been a solid two seasons since that, where you know he struggled. And it's not like he's gone through kind of ups and downs. Uh, he's he's consistently been not very good. Yeah, I just think he's an incredibly likable guy. Oh no! Yeah, no question. Because yeah. like this is this is not a Brian Wilson situation where like he just seems like an obnoxious person that like I just I feel I feel animosity for him going to a different team. And so in this case, like uh, there will be one person on the Dodgers uh, that I that I'll be rooting for or that I I will want to see play. Well, and, and Kershaw seems like a very likable guy. I don't like him because he's good. But yeah, I think we if we haven't talked about it on the air, we've certainly talked about it off the air that. Um... It's really frustrating when teams have what seem to be just legitimately good people um, on a team, and you know the, the team you the team itself you really don't like, but having these good people makes it makes it harder. Yeah, like I'm not even sure if, if Puig is good anymore, but like he is somebody who is very easy to dislike, even though he is above average. But yeah, it, it seems very hard to like. I wish him the best. Yeah, no, I I, um, I do too, except for when he's playing us. Sure. Well. Yeah. And Sandoval. Well, Sandoval, he left on, I think, kind of crappy terms, and he deserves to to sit on the Red Sox bench. Yeah, which he which he might be doing this season. I'm, sh- I'm sure he will. Um, and then the last bit of follow-up slash um, uh, offline, bringing things offline to online conversations. <laughs> um, Blue Barn is expanding in the marina. 
Yeah, they they are. Um, I I realized earlier this afternoon that I had failed to put that in the prelim agenda last night, and then forgot to to add it. But yeah, you you got my back. Um, That came as a complete surprise. Um, We we were walking home uh, from a different restaurant last Friday night. That's a couple doors down from it's where and where the Barney's used to be here in the marina. Um, R.I.P. Barney's. You had no idea they were they were moving. That's that's been sort of the the theme here. First, it was Tacolicious. They moved about two blocks down Chestnut to a space that was know, at least twice as big as their old space. Um, and that's kind of the thing with Blue Barn too. Is um, you know the the main criticism of the location here, besides the price, which is well documented on the show, is just the the location here in the marina is is a closet. I mean, it's it's so small. And because of how popular that place is, it was just always kind of a kind of a nightmare because it it would always put you in that weird situation where, um, it, particularly if you were taking an order like to go, you would you know you'd put your order in, and then there just would be like nowhere for you to really like stand or sit without being in the way. Yeah, no, I mean the the big two or the big two knocks against Blue Barn Ball is, is the lack of online ordering, which I which I understand sort of their position, but. I don't know. They they need to figure that out. And hopefully, maybe maybe the the big the bigger space in the marina will be the um, they'll be like the pilot location. Well, yeah, and I, need, I guess I need to I need to go back to the photo that I sent you. But I felt like it it was called it was like called something else. It was called like Blue Barn Gourmet, I think. Well, I yeah, I don't that's, know if that's, that's just the parent company or no, that's just what they're all called. Oh, okay. Yeah, no online ordering, and they don't take American Express. Are the two big knocks, and they all, and also this this does not apply to most people, but they also will not allow you to will not permit you to order more than six sandwiches at a time. <laughs> Is that a common situation you run into? I was once doing it for uh, for a team lunch, and that was super annoying. I look at you trying to be a good manager. Mm, anyway, um, and also the other knock. Well, the last time I went, I was super. So do you? How many sandwiches have you tried? How many different ones? Yeah. I, I think I've only ever had the clubber. Okay, so you need to try the Buffalo Blue. Yeah, no, we this, this was a this was a whole thing on the show. Okay. And again, I then I will I will reiterate, I hate blue cheese. Blue cheese is generally very very gross. Yeah. Uh, much like ranch dressing. But um Whoa, don't No, don't, yes. Mm, yes. Mm, 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 mm. Don't put don't put ranch in the same category as blue cheese. That's that's ranch, not fair to ranch anybody. Dressing involved. is mayonnaise that somebody left out in the sun for three days. Hmm. Um. So yeah. So blue cheese is kind of, but um, they uh, with if you get the buffalo blue sandwich, it's it's a great spicy uh, marinated chicken sandwich on a great baguette, and then it's there's like a foamy blue cheese like side dressing that comes on the sides, so you can uh, portion it out the way that you want, and it is. <laughs> There is literally nothing less appealing or appetizing sounding than foamy blue cheese. Okay. Here's the thing. <laughs> that sounds... I, I, you know, the only, the only thing worse than blue cheese is foamy blue cheese. Um, no, except you're wrong because uh, ranch, anything. Um, I will give you a money back guarantee on this. The you, next you, time... You've, you've literally done this before on the show. Same then, thing. Then go do it and, and tell me how right I am. But I, so here's, because I wanted to hate it. I wanted to hate it, but I love it. So here's the thing. Yeah. I, I don't really like blue cheese. I actually, I re- strongly dislike blue cheese. I would go, Agreed. go Agreed. as far to say. Agreed. I also don't really love, uh, like buffalo wings. Like I don't really love like buffalo wing sauce 
I, I don't I don't hate it like I do blue cheese. <laughs> but I don't I I was I wouldn't put that as a food item that I that I really enjoy all that much. So I'm going to see if I can get a task rabbit to 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 once blue barn reopens to like uh force this sandwich upon you. I I also I also suffer from acid reflux. So I I don't know anytime I think of like buffalo wings I can I can start to feel the heartburn simmer. No. I'll, I'll I'll maybe I'll give it a try though. Maybe I'll get maybe with this new pottery barn location. Pottery barn. <laughs> Jesus. So uh, how bl- how much bl- wine have you had? Yeah, yeah. Blue barn location maybe. Jeez. <laughs> oh, well, wait, we, can hold we start on. over? What? No, no, stop, stop, stop. This is this our next big idea? Can we can we find a way to be like biz dev people who get the blue barn and pottery barn people together and there are blue barn cafes inside of pottery barn stores. I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the funny thing is that the blue barn that I sent you a photo of, photo of, mm-hmm. if you, the, to the, 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 um, the photo that I took of the sign, that first picture I sent you, mm-hmm. if you literally turn around 180 degrees, like an eighth of a mile away is a pottery barn. It's like maybe three buildings over and across chestnut street. This is money on the table. Uh-huh. Or they just need to make a, uh, they need to do like a new subway line, <laughs> uh, in, in, <laughs> like an underground tunnel in between the two places. And it's called like the barn connection or something. It's pretty good. Maybe, you know what? Maybe, maybe that's why Blue Barn actually moved there though. Maybe they're two steps ahead of us. Yeah. Uh, they will support Apple Pay in 2038, <laughs> right after they start accepting American Express in 2030. Um, is that, is that before or after they allow online orders? Why don't they do it? Like, I don't, mm, anyway. Yeah, I don't, um, I actually, so I, so you, you say that you get why they don't do online orders. So why, why is that? Cause I can think that like, they don't want to be inundated with just online orders and that kind of stuff. Cause they but do, they, but they phone... let you phone in orders. So what's the difference? Well, but the problem with the phone in orders is like, you will call like five, like at least in the Marin location, like you will call five times in a row. And if it's like between the hours of 11 and three, like good luck. Like they will just ring off the hook and it says we're helping like other other customers in in location please come in and visit us blah 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 well you know you can you can tell that you really like a place when you're willing to put up with that because i think you and i are both similar in this way where we don't we don't want to put up with crap like that if you if you don't have good if you don't have good service i'll i'll take my business elsewhere well kind of so hold on let, let's this will be another a, a grander discussion so I am kind of that way. Like I am not like, and I'm very particular about this. I am not like a difficult patron or like restaurant goer ever. I will just not go back to a place, but I'm not going to make a stink about it. But no, Blue Barn is one of those places where like if that idea pops into my head and I'm like, just really, I'm really dreaming of the winter salad and, and, and like the, the spring mix that they have, like I, it, I won't let it go. But like, no, like I, I, yeah, I will put up with it because it's that good. But for other restaurants and other things, like I'm not somebody who will ever complain about a place. I will just, I will, I will just uh, vote with my dollars and just never come back and not say anything because because why bother? I'm not going to write like an indignant Yelp review or something like some <laughs> busybody. <sighs> so wait, so what 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 are your like if if you had like a top three like fast casual or like non like sit down, um. San Francisco places. What 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 are your what are your places? Oh, well, actually, the the place that Blue Barn um, overtook Barney's probably would have been on that list. 
Barney's had really good curly fries. Yeah, really good. Um, another burger place uh, nearby called Rome, uh, spelled oh, yeah. R O A M. Is that totally gone, or just the marina location? Uh, the the one the one in the marina is still here. Is it? It's bar. It's it's yeah. It's on Union. I'm. I could have sworn it closed down. No, we we just went two three weeks ago. So unless it's unless it's closed since then. That that place is good. Yeah, that place is really good. Yeah. Um, and then you know for um, so I guess you got to hit all the big categories, right? So that there's there's your burgers, pizza is another good food item that falls into this category. Um, Pachi's uh, is is excellent. Yeah. Really, really good. Um, the, yeah. You have to be. You have Hold to be on. kind of in. You have to be in the mood for that. So you know, it's a different kind of thing. You kind of, so here's the thing with with Pachi's. Like I, I was always a fan of the Matt Cain. Like it's a very classic mm-hmm. um, deep dish. I think the quality is going down. Like it's not that consistent. I had it um, a couple months ago. Not not as good. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, we have haven't run into that. Um, if if deep dish isn't what you're looking for, but you're still in the pizza the pizza thing, um, Amici's is pretty good. You know, mm-hmm. nothing, nothing spectacular, but really good variety, and they do salads and all that kind of stuff. So good, good kind of takeout, takeout pizza. Um, but you know that the thing, the thing here that sort of spoils us is that with all the like, you know, the the DoorDash and Postmates and all that kind of stuff, like we can also just get like any sort of like restaurant food delivered. So you almost like, you know, you don't you don't even have to necessarily choose between sitting down somewhere nice you know versus the convenience of, of takeout you can kind of get get the best of both worlds now yeah that's not really an option up here but it's 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 yeah must be nice um if, if you are in the deep dish mood i will probably say that uh over pachi's um zachary's which i um i think it's probably more of an east bay thing yeah i know the the my former employer when we had our monthly company meetings we we bring in zachary's and it, it was fine i i'm i'm partial to to pachi's but but zachary's was fine i tend to also i think maybe part of my bias there was deep dish almost never sounds good to me for lunch like i, I kind of associate that more with like a dinner thing well yeah because you need a nap afterward <laughs> right yeah you know. and generally if you have if you have a um <laughs> an employer that plans to stay in business that's generally nap time is frowned upon mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah this is, this is the technology show. Uh, I, I I always forget which one we're doing. Yeah. All right. Last bit of follow up, um, <laughs> which I think which I think you said like three or four items ago. But yeah, it's fine. I have my own, my own private uh, follow up repository. Yeah. Um, AirPods look silly. Yeah, they they do. Mm-hmm. They look really bad. Yeah, they they do. They do. Like I th- I've been thinking that if they came in black, they might look less silly. But they're probably just going to still look really I don't dumb. think so. I think they'd still look dumb. No, I, you know, as someone who um, continues to enjoy them immensely, as I discussed last week, um, I will be the first to admit that they look really, really dumb. There's just, there's no getting around that. Yeah, but the convenience of utility is, you is power through. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I think, you know, the one, one, of, the, one of the things I didn't mention last week that um i continue just to love is just the ease of switching around between devices and the fact that i didn't even have to set any of that up so you so, know so you just, explain that yeah so you pair it you pair it to your iphone which you know every everybody who's seen this like knows how that works right you just flip open the case and then it just you know 
one button push later, you're, you're good to go. So that's, you know, that's pretty neat. But so what happens when you do that is the AirPods then become part of your iCloud account. So any Apple device that's logged into your iCloud account, and that includes, you know, Macs, that includes iPhones, iPads, even like your Apple Watch, the, Air, the AirPods just become um, an option. <clears throat> um, in the case of an iOS device, it's where you flip open the control center and you go to your audio output options. It'll just show up there. And then with your Mac, if you go to the Bluetooth icon, if you've got that showing um, in the taskbar, um, it'll show up as an option there. And then you just simply tap on them, either on the Mac or on your iOS device, and then um, that device will connect to them, even if you know, you're currently using them on another device. So for me, the use case is typically I'm, you know, listening to music on my computer, but then want to take a phone call on my iPhone. And so I can just go to my iPhone, flip open control center, select the AirPods as the um, audio output device, and then they just switch right over to the phone. And then I can do the same thing to go, you know, right back to the Mac. So it's pretty cool. Interesting. Yeah, that's gonna be my follow up question as to how would you work across devices? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, the, there are um, other Bluetooth devices, like I think almost all the Bose products now will support multi multiple devices, but typically it's limited to like two, maybe three. Um, and the process of switching back and forth is kind of a, a pain in the ass. It's, but it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty seamless with, with the AirPod thing. All right. Um, I will give you the choice. In terms of what the of the kind of main main courses we have for the day, uh, do you want to talk about your uh, bedroom TV project uh, involving TiVo Mini, or do you want me to start with uh, my Philips Hue and let's let's start with the Hue stuff? Okay. Um. So yeah. So moving into this new place, I've always I've been a fan of the Hue lights and and such in the past, but um, I generally limited it to just like bedside tables and stuff like that. But um, this new place has like recessed lighting and stuff, so therefore um. I was able to go more overboard with it. So I've kind of gone all out and basically every fixture in, in the apartment other than the kitchen, because it's got weird proprietary bulbs, um, now have Hue lights in them. And um, it's it's working pretty well. And, and I have to commend you for your recommendation on the Hue dimmer switch as opposed to the tap switch or using just simple, uh, like using entirely um, voice and phone control. Like the the dimmer switches make the pro, like it, they are a game changer to to use an overused ter, uh, term. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, the um, I bought the iConnect Hue app, which which is one of the ugliest applications. It, that it I, that really I, is, and it's super unintuitive, but it's but it's really good. But I don't I so I don't use it just because. Like so, I have my favorite app, which is called Humote, which is a very, very fast and and simple uh, Hue application. But for configuring all this stuff, I have just been using the native um, Philips Hue application, which is actually pretty pretty okay. Um, and it allows me to do the multi tap thing, where I can say the first tap goes to like just the default bright setting, and then tap two is like my scene for um, like dimmed for watching a movie or watching TV, and then tap three is uh, like nightlight mode. So it's, it's all set up in a really, really good way. So let me, let me ask you a question here. I was actually playing around with this tonight. So with the iConnect Hue app, at least that lets you, cause you know, those buttons in addition to being able to tap them multiple times for different functions, you can also hold them down and then that will set off as an, another set of actions. 
based on whatever you want it to do. Um, and in the um, iConnect Hue app, you can with when you select the hold button option, you can actually tell the switch to do different things depending on the time of day. But I don't think you can configure that for if you if you just tap the button. Because I like what I'd really want is it you know like if you, you tap the button the first time you know if it's if it's after seven p.m. or if it's dark, turn the light on to one setting. But if it's you know the middle of the day, turn it on to a different setting. I, I haven't been able to find that. Yeah, I haven't gotten that in depth with it just because like just the the window and like. Um... Just kind of like the ambient light in 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 the location is is generally pretty generous, so therefore the lights generally don't ever come on unless it's nighttime. Um, so no, I'll I'll, I'll explore that and, and let you know how it goes. But like, it, yeah, the iConnect Hue app is actually it's it's very unintuitive and it's and it's a pretty uh, uh, it's it's not a visually gifted application. But the like. Um, the control scheme, like when you know how to use it, is actually very, very like power user friendly and actually really cool. I actually, I actually don't use it for any of that though. I, I, I just use it for configuration. Yeah, so like I don't know. I'll, I'll take a look because yeah, I have been underwhelmed with how um, the native um, Philips Hue app does time of day stuff. Because like I haven't been able to figure out how to do like turn the li- lights on at sun at sunset or whatever. Um, and apparently, like I have to set up like a whole complicated IFTTT routine to get that to work or something. Well, so the the, the Philips Hue app is the, like you said, it's it's good, and it's it's it looks nice and it's fairly intuitive, but it's just it's very limited in what it can do. Whereas you know something like the iConnect Hue app is almost the opposite, where it's not very nice looking, it's not super intuitive, but it's way more powerful than the stock Philips Hue app. Mm-hmm. Um, which it, on one hand is kind of, I think, a little frustrating. But on the other hand, I, I think I, I get what Philips is doing because, you know, for most people, just the simplified basic features of what they offer in their native app is is probably for the best. And if they put a ton more in, it would probably just cause a lot of customer service headache. But then they kind of hedge their bets the other way for power users like us where you know, like we've talked about before on the show, they fully embrace this ecosystem of third-party apps, which is really great. Um, so they, you know, they kind of, kind of cater to both the casual and you know more um, tech-focused user. Yeah, like Philips has has been really like they've been incredibly smart on how they 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 make the product, how extensible they've made it. Like their whole friends of Hue thing has been good. Um, and yeah, they're very um, accommodating of third-party applications and that kind of stuff. Like I remember there was like um, some like kerfuffle a couple of years ago when like they were going to limit something, but they backed away from it pretty quickly. But no, they're they're very um, yeah open to to third parties with this kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's been a good experiment. Um, it's working out well. Um, yeah, the, the um, the dimmer switch as opposed to the tap switch, which I had tried the last go around um, at my old apartment, um, it's it's night and day a difference, and and it's just shocking that the dimmer switch is like literally half the price of the tap switch. Yet it's an infinitely better product. Um, on a couple of my light switches, I've actually been able because like it has like rather than like actual like you know like the the switches that protrude out, they're more of like the um, 
you know, like the light switches where it's more of like just a, a small toggle, mm-hmm. like a bigger button, like where I'm actually able to mount the um, the te- uh, the dimmer switch on top of it, so you don't get the, really? the double thing. Yeah, so that's actually been really uh, kind of pretty cool. So then, does the so the hmm, so the the Philips Hue um, switch though that doesn't really sit flush against the wall. It doesn't, but just like it just looks like like an Oreo. But like it, it, it's it's there's very little gap to it, so it's actually it doesn't look that out of place. So it's it's pretty that's, interesting. That's really gosh, that's really smart. I didn't think about I didn't think about doing something like that. Yeah. Hmm. Um. But also, like, it, I don't I don't want to make this all about just like this one accessory for it. But like, this is such an insanely well designed product. Like, until you told me that like it's actually like it becomes like a remote control that's magnetically mounted. Like, it's just every part of it is so damn yeah. smart. Mm-hmm. I think, um, and it's only like it's like what twenty five dollars. I think it's twenty five dollars. Yeah. And like the tap switch, which is like one of the worst products in the world, is twice as much and is way less functional. So I, I, I do not understand why they still sell that and why they don't just jack up the price of the dimmer switch. Well, and you know, one of the things when I was going down exactly the same rabbit hole, you know, you're going down now a, a few months ago when we moved in here was I was really surprised that the idea of having kind of a, a switch um, just really didn't seem to be that common. I mean, like when when Philips Hue lights came out for for quite a while, they they didn't offer any sort of switch, and then they eventually offered the tap switch, which which is kind of terrible. And then it wasn't until fairly recently they came out with this dimmer switch. And and I, th- I think we alluded to this when we talked about it last week or the week before. But like, I think the idea of only being able to control your smart lights using either your voice or your iPhone or whatever, like that actually seems less convenient um like to me you have to have the combination of both having a, a switch and then also the added convenience of your voice or your phone so i'm I'm kind of surprised there's not a bigger emphasis on on switches because I, I really don't know what you would do without them yeah so like like merlin was talking about this on like a, another podcast that he does and like i like a lot of people yeah do seem to just uh when they do this type of experiment or they go into like some home automation stuff like yeah they they seem to just totally ignore the um like having any type of switch in the equation and just do it all smartphone based which which is which is a way less um satisfying way to do it like even though this means that i'm i'm interacting with like alexa and doing like the voice stuff way less frequently which is something i've i've become like acutely aware of like i'm actually using the switches 70 percent of the time yeah yeah um like my satisfaction with like this whole setup is is way way higher because when i want that super granular control or i want to be like super picky about like oh what color is this or like i'm watching a movie so therefore i want to dim this like super way down like that's where the phone is is interesting and, and that's and that's where you can use it but if i just want to walk into my apartment and i've got my bag i've got my my arms full of groceries and stuff i just want to turn on the damn lights and I don't want to my my neighbors to hear me that I'm I'm telling Alexa to turn on the fucking living room lights. Like uh, uh the yeah the dimmer switch is is tremendous. So so good call there. Yeah, I I, re- I really I really don't know how you'd have an efficient setup without it. I really don't. You know some of the some of the other solutions. Um, I can't I can't think of what what it's called now. I think it's it's the one that like Samsung backs or something. 
Um, is it the smart things? Yeah, yeah. They actually make a like smart switch. So this this actually looks like a regular switch and it replaces the switch that's in your wall so it, it actually hooks up to your electrical wiring and everything but it's actually a smart switch so it's 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 kind of um it's kind of what i wanted when like when i when i envisioned um this whole process and when i started looking into it that's what i first looked for was something like that that i could use with the hue system um, and they, they, they don't make that. And the, the standard that the smart things, um, ecosystem uses is different than the hue ecosystem. So they're, they're not compatible. Um, the one saving grace though, is those switches were, were really expensive. I think they were like 40 or $50 a piece or something. So that would have been kind of an investment. Well, if this ever changes, um, uh, guess who is fully equipped to install that type of thing? Uh, not you. I am so proud of myself, even though I was being, <laughs> I was so terrified of, 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 um, so this, this is, um, this is an entirely different topic, which we won't go into in depth, but, um, I have like a, a TV that I mounted a bunch of stuff and like the paint in, in this area is kind of like a, like an almond color. Um, and the TV like overlaps slightly on a light switch, but you had a great idea of, uh, replacing the light switch with something more that color matches. But I was being such a terrified uh, chicken about actually uh, turning off the power and like actually unwiring and replacing a light switch. Uh, but yeah, it only took me like an hour and five minutes, but I did it. <laughs> so therefore, if um, if Philips ever gets on that, uh, then maybe they will. Because that is one thing that Philips, um, for better or for worse, I can't really tell. They have um, kept their like product offering with Philips Hue um, very simple. Like they offer kind of like the core set of bulbs that you would want, but there's like, they don't, they're not like Belkin or like the other people who are just throwing everything at the wall and see and sees what sticks, which in a way is kind of like, I wish they kind of would, but it's also probably for the best. Hmm. Yeah. Have, have you seen these, like the light strips thing? Also, have I mean, you had I'm, any interest in these? I'm, I'm literally on the website now, kind of just because when you said that, I'm like, yeah, they, they do actually have a pretty basic offering. Um, n- no, I haven't, I haven't seen these light strips, although, man, $90. So what, what are, what are these? What do you do with these? So I'm not actually entirely sure. I think you can like use them like for pathway lighting and stuff like that. But like also what I would probably use it for, um, I don't know if you remember this because this got discontinued in North America a while ago. But do you remember TVs uh, back when Philips used to make flat screen TVs and there was a um, a technology they had called Ambilight? Uh-huh. Yeah. So you can you can rig it up where you can make your TV have, like by using the light strip on the back of it, you can have it do kind of that ambient color matched lighting behind your flat screen television, which I think is probably the the enthusiast. How would How would it know? So there are apps that you can either run on your computer that will analyze the video that's being played on your TV, or... <laughs> of, you can... of course there are. So here's the thing. So there are two options for powering this, and both are equal, equally as fiddly. So there's either that, or you can use um, a spare Android or iOS device, use the camera on it, point it at your TV, yeah. and it will, uh, in real time, determine the color. So both of those are super... Yeah, that sounds, sounds about right. But it seems so cool. 
like because i wish those tvs still exist because like back in like 20 uh, in 2002 when i was like a little kid wishing like oh here's all the cool shit i would buy um i wanted an ambulite tv so bad and then and now they're they're gone they're only in europe yeah the, that, those always kind of struck me as being sort of a gimmick yeah but everything everything's a gimmick these days that's Your true Earbuds are a gimmick that's true yeah now the, the this light strip looks pretty neat like the examples they have of using it for like a a bathroom mirror or even like kitchen lighting um that's pretty that's pretty neat yeah maybe that's what i'll do because i can't put any hue lights in my kitchen hey um, that's not a not a bad idea yeah i mean i've got the hookup on the, on the hue stuff so so maybe um what, what do you what do you mean you got the hookup i'll, I'll tell you offline okay um the only other thing about the hue that i want to talk about um, is there are three different types of hue lights. There's um, hue color, and there are different generations in these. There's hue ambiance, and then there's hue white bulbs. So what's, what's your opinion, and what did you choose to employ in your setup? So I, I, so I, I have just the, the standard basic white bulbs. Because um, the color ones, I, I mean... <laughs> there's i'm sure there's all kinds of crazy cool stuff you could do with them none of which would be remotely useful um it would just be a great like demo at a party or something um and i was not even aware of uh the ambient ambience light well what what is this did this are these are 30 dollars a bulb yeah, so see, there's the, there's the hue color, which there's different generations of. Uh, the Gen Three has the richest colors, so those are the ones that I'm using. Um, there's hue ambiance, which gives you different color temperatures of white. Mm. So, like the, the hue white bulbs are um, what most people would refer to as like soft white, which I think has like a color temperature of like 550 Kelvin, or sorry, 5500 Kelvin. Um, Whereas here, a hue ambiance can run the gamut between like just like a super sterile, like um, fluorescent, like blue white, all the way up to like a very uh, warm, like almost orangish light. So, and there's 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 a reason for that. Uh, this this is pretty neat. The, 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 I'm looking at the ambience bold page, and yeah, this this is pretty cool. Yeah, so I mean to to solve for this, like. Base like so I've I've made multiple trips to to get multiple rounds of uh, hue bulbs. Um, I ended up going all color bulbs except for like the outdoor ones. Really? Um, yeah. Huh. Like just because like um just for all the all the dance parties you have. No, it's just like um the like the nightlight feature. Like you can you can have them like dimmed all the way down, and then like the color bulbs can turn like this like this very like pleasing shade of like um like it's like a yellowish orange and it's just like as you're falling asleep or like it's just it's it's very nice i, I can't I really i can't really say what it is so do the do the color bulbs do all of the different shades of white that the yes amp, okay so that's the thing where i was like you know what, why not just go all in but also like the recessed lights that i have um that use what's called a par 30 bulb like um, it's either like straight white or color, so there's no I couldn't cheap out and do the the ambiance version. So um, I'm I'm looking on the the site. Do they do they not even sell the color bulbs like standalone because they're just afraid of how expensive they would be? <laughs> no, they do. They're fifty bucks a piece. <gasps> really? Again, I got I got the hookup. But anyway, um, I don't even. Yeah, on the on the website, it's not even super intuitive where. 
Well, are you on Philip's website? Uh-huh. Well, yeah, that's probably not the best place to go. Because <laughs> I don't think 50, it just... There's $50 each. Uh, Hue, color, bulb, Gen 3. I see. Uh, I, thought, I thought they were on... I thought it was all Gen 2. Uh, no, so th- we'll we'll also talk about that. Again, this, this is going to be the don't, long, be don't, long show. T- don't, tell me, don't tell me my bulbs are out of date. They're out of date. Oh, my God. So, um... But uh, if it makes you feel better, I'm using a Gen One bridge. So, really, doesn't that doesn't even have like Siri compatibility or anything, right? Yeah, but who wants to use Siri? Well, that's yeah, that's fair. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so the 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 so the Gen Three bulbs. So like again, like if anybody wants to do this, if anybody out there wants to um, experiment with this, just just go full color. Like just if if you're thinking of LED connected internet connected light bulbs. You're already, you're already a dummy, so just go all in with us and 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 go for the the expensive color ones. When when did these third generation bulbs come out? Uh, like two months ago. Ugh. Yeah. So what's, the only what's different di- about them? So they have richer colors. So same same bridge. Yeah. So so the Gen One bridge is the one I have. So I, I earlier this uh, er, earlier before I started the show, I sent you a picture of my um, little like uh, server closet setup right so uh, so i have the old um first gen little circular hub that i got back in 2013 when i was just starting with this so they have the hue uh gen 2 bridge which is the one that has home kit support but that's in its square but that one's that's literally all that's different about it and then gen 3 the uh, the bridge is no different it's just the bulbs that are different so don't feel too bad if you didn't get color got it because there's there's effectively nothing different for you um, but yeah, yeah, uh, people should uh, try out the color ones. It's fun. Um, it's interesting. They're also a little bit brighter than the uh, than the other bulbs, but that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, the the fifty dollars a bulb is that's tough. Um, and I, I would say that with you know like the bulbs that that we have, they're they've got a, what feels like a pretty good range of. I guess it's not different colors, but at least you know brightness levels, and that. That gives them sure. the, that gives them the feel that there's you know quite a few different options for different times of the day or just you know different um, environments that you want to have. Yeah, and and that's the thing where like I went to Home Depot to put, pick up a couple of um, just the standard Hue white bulbs for like outdoor use, and I was I was shocked that they're only fifteen dollars. Like that seems surprisingly reasonable. Uh, I mean, <laughs> compared to fifty dollars, yeah, but. I mean, com- compared to just a regular light bulb, no. Well, no, but like compared to like an LED light bulb, like a, a non-internet connected LED bulb, like aren't those like ten dollars? Um, well, let's see. I don't know. So on Amazon, on Amazon, you can get a um, sixteen pack of Philips actually LED bulbs for thirty one dollars. Yeah, but yeah, you you can't buy in bulk. You can't buy in bulk. That's not fair. Um. When you're when you're buying drugs from Canada to reduce, so, okay. Here, so a, so a pack of six is sixteen dollars. Yeah, I don't think that's true. It's totally true. I'm looking at it right here. Yeah, these are alternative facts. <laughs> um, have they have they come up with like a, a pithy name for what this uh, the new healthcare bill is? Did did you not see that thing that was going around today? Is it a, is it a joke or a real thing? It's a real thing. Well, what what is it? Like I've I've seen the bill, but best healthcare bill of 2017. That's what mm-hmm. it's that's what it's officially on the. Um, I can pull it up here on the yeah. It's just, it's on the Congress.gov site, and I'll send you the link here. 
These fucking people. All right. Yeah. H- HR, HR twelve seventy five. World's greatest healthcare plan of twenty seventeen. <laughs> so <fucking> stupid. <laughs> um. <laughs> what fucking intern thought of that? I uh, can't can't tell you. Um. You you can edit all that stuff out. No. We'll 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 keep it in. Or you, you can bleep out the, the nah. I've I've gotten I've gotten lazy and and don't do that anymore. Section one, short title, purpose, table of contents. Short title: This act may be cited as the world's greatest healthcare plan of 2017. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> internet connected light bulbs. More important than healthcare. Right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm I'm very pleased with the setup. Um, it's fun. I'm still gonna kind of dink around with it and and uh, do new things with it. But no, it again. Thank you for the recommendation for the uh, Hue dimmer switch. People should definitely try that out. Um, and if any, if somebody wants to start out with this, I would recommend just going to Amazon, spending the 180 dollars. You can get a kit that gives you the Generation Three bridge that has HomeKit support. Not that it really matters generation that much. Generation Two bridge. No, Generation Three. You said there's not a third generation bridge. They call it Gen 3. It's just literally no different. What? Yeah, that's how technology works. Seriously? Like, there's you shouldn't feel bad, but like, yes, there is a Gen 3 bridge now. But what, is it, what does it do that mine doesn't? Nothing. Really? It's a different name, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I have, to, I, have to, I have to see. I mean, that, that's my understanding. I read multiple articles about this to make myself feel better, and, and I think that it, there's no difference. But yeah, just go to Amazon, spend the $180, go buy the uh, the Gen 3 starter pack, which gives you three of the new um, rich color uh, A19 bulbs, which are just your standard little like screw-in um, bulbs, and the Gen 3 bridge, and just and have some fun. Go get yourself a couple of the, the, dimmer, uh, the dimmer switches, and you'll, you'll be happy. Man, this, this picture on the, on the Amazon page of the starter kit you just referred to of mm-hmm. guy playing his guitar with the blue light, it's pretty good. Well, hold on. So there's an, and I got to find this too, because uh, I've been meaning to send this to you, or this, this makes no sense to me. Um, have you seen uh, what's called the uh, Philips Hue Go Light? Uh, I don't think so. Um, so me... Here we go. Copy image address. What is, what is this? So apparently it's like, I, I think it's a battery operated, like it's just a, like a, you can carry it around with you light. <laughs> But then, then there's this image, which confuses me, because she's she's carrying it around like it's a glass of red wine, <laughs> and, and it makes no sense to me, because her friend's over there in, in enjoying what I'm sure is a very nice Merlot or something, and she's just there holding like like a bowl of nachos, an, an internet connected LED light bulb. Well, and and to to kind of further confuse things, like I guess I could see why she would be doing this if they were in a environment that had no other light but literally over her right shoulder there there's another light but her expression says that i'm super super happy that i'm holding this, <laughs> this uh chip bladder slash internet light bulb um oh, so that's man. that's perplexed me for like a solid week because i because sure. it seems cool i kind of want one but um, well so uh, so the, the um <laughs> the one of the other use cases they have here is to use it as like a like a bedside light and there, there are a lot of people that swear by the the concept of having like a, I don't even really know what they call them, like a like not a mood light, but a, um, 
I don't know. It is. It's sort of like it emulates like sunlight, and so it's supposed to like help you wake up more naturally and and all that. Yeah. So that's what I have. You have I mean, one. Like you have one of these. Well, no. Like I'm saying, you just use like the hue color bulb and just do it that way. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I mean, that accomplishes the same thing. Like, let me um, send you. Well, but can, uh, can you can you hold it like a chip chip uh, bowl? No. But again, <laughs> if it's not filled with buffalo wings, then why would I care with blue cheese? Ugh. Um. Hold on. How do I do the thing? Uh. So move that over here. God, I missed my big computer. Um. Yeah. So these are the bulbs that I have right now. So overall, I think it's a good setup. Huh. And this is... Um, so this is the Hue Mode the app Hue that mode, I like. Yeah. It's, it's just, in, it's insanely fast I, and very simple. I, I like that it. that installed? I feel like at one point you... Yeah, I, I do have Hue Mode installed. So let's, let's, let's have you do some talking. So you, 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 you are living the, uh, the bedroom TV lifestyle. Yeah, so we when we moved in here, knew we wanted a, a bedroom TV, but it just it was never one of those high priority things, and you know, we kind of put it off, put it off, and eventually um, went out and did that this weekend. Um, and that was actually one of the big reasons why I um, wanted to get into the the whole Eero setup when we did was because one of the limitations with the bedroom is that it doesn't have a coax <clears throat> output. Um, and it doesn't obviously doesn't have any like ethernet or anything pre-wired and getting an ethernet cable or a coax cable into that room would involve running a cable through the hallway and it's, it would be a whole, a whole mess. Um, and you know, the, the whole thing with the, the TiVo mini, which is part of the setup, which we'll get to is that it, it does, um, you know, technically have to be hardwired via ethernet or with mocha, which we, which we can talk about. But, you know, <clears throat> one of the things that I thought of with the Eero was like, well, it's it's got two Ethernet ports on the back. So if you plug a TiVo Mini in there, it should theoretically work, right? And, you know, I did, did some some digging around on the Internet. And actually, it sounds like people's results are sort of mixed on whether it works or not. Um, but it's worked great for us, which which we'll, again, get to. Um, but, yeah, so so got that all got that all set up this weekend. Um you know, before we get into the TiVo Mini and Eero setup, um, another one of the amazing things about this whole process was, so we didn't need a, a big TV or a fancy TV or anything like that. So we just ended up with a 40-inch 1080p TV. Guess how much that was at Best Buy this weekend? $319. 279 What brand? Samsung. Hmm. I think you might actually be looking at exactly the one because I think it was regularly priced like three nineteen, but it was on sale for two seventy nine. Oh, I just made it up because I've been looking at a thirty seven inch for like two two thirty. Yeah, it's un unbelievable. Just it's so crazy how how cheap TVs are now. Um, but anyway, um, so we went out and got that. We got a, um, a really nice swivel mount from Amazon that was like sixty sixty five bucks, um, which is great because we can angle it you know right towards the TV. So all that was fine and, and pretty standard. But then, so we also got the, the TiVo Mini um, and then, you know, plugged that into the Eero and it just worked. Um, got right on the internet, did its software update, um, immediately found the, the TiVo Romeo here in the living room. Uh, no extra configuration, no troubleshooting, nothing. It, it, it worked just as if it was um, hardwired um, into an actual um, hardwired network. Um, 
I was totally embracing myself for like hours of troubleshooting and frustration, but um, it totally just worked out of the box, um, which is which is pretty pretty awesome. Nice. So like there were yeah like because I had a couple of questions like I was because Mocha or Maca or whatever it's called I was like so why on earth are you using Wi-Fi instead of or like networking it rather than just using um that which is actually like a surprisingly reliable like home network thing but yeah if you don't have a coax jack in the in the bedroom that that totally makes sense right yeah and i i you know i it, it was to the point where if this eero setup didn't work like I, I just i don't know if we would have had a tv in the bedroom because it just wouldn't be worth running the cable in there it would just been a total nightmare um but but yeah, I I was was super super amazed um, at, that that the fact that it just sort of worked out of the box, even though it says in like eighteen different places that they they don't support uh, wireless networking on on the TiVo Mini box and in the documentation. Um, and then the other thing I was worried about too, though, was like even once it was set up, like is was it going to be unreliable? Was like the picture quality going to be bad, or like was yeah, it going like, to like, drop what's, out? What's, what's the performance on like? Because I assume when it would drop out, it would be like if you're fast forwarding or doing like or channel changes. No, so that's sluggish. So, so that's the other. So we'll we'll talk a lot more about the the TiVo Mini either now or spoiler alert and picks of the week. But um, it has all <laughs> all the same functionality as the TiVo Romeo. So it's got the thirty second skip. It's got the um, one button skip. I forget what they call that now. Quick skip or whatever. It's every feature of the Romeo. It it also supports and and does so seamlessly. Does so with the exact same responsiveness as the the Romeo here in the living room. Yeah, is the because I haven't set up my bedroom TV yet, but like the interface is 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 like a generation behind. But the features like have parity with like the Romeo and the Bolt, right? Like it looks different, doesn't it? No, uh, uh-uh. no. The menu looks exactly the same. Hmm. I mean, the the first thing it did was a, a big software update when we, oh, when we powered it on, it. so maybe that's what it is. But no, yeah. I mean, literally, like that's what that's what's so impressive about it is that you literally wouldn't know the difference between whether you were on your main TiVo or on the the mini TiVo. The only thing that it doesn't do is. When you're in, on the menu, you know, normally you can see that little image of live TV in the top right corner. Yeah. It doesn't let you do that. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it's exactly the same. Yeah. And, and I don't want to derail what you're talking about, but uh, this is one thing where people uh, underestimate the power of TiVo is when it becomes a whole home DVR. Like if you just imagined you had a house, this is one of the things where it it just, it does what nothing else does. It's just, it's it's so seamless, so easy to set up. And it, you have access to everything. You have access to live TV. You have access to all of your recordings, all your season passes. I mean, it's just all, it's all right there. It's, it's really, really impressive. Um, and then that's the thing. If, if you have the Bolt or the Romeo Pro or whatever it is, like you, you get access to all six tuners as well. Right. Which, which, which is, just, it's crazy. Yeah. It, it, it really is. It's just, it's magic. Um, just like the quick skip, it just like, it just feels like something that's like, shouldn't be allowed. Just because like normally with your cable provider, you get to go out and rent a second box or have them run a second cable. And it's like this whole thing. And this is just like this $150 seamless solution that you can get around all that. And then you're still left with the superior TiVo interface, which is just awesome. Um, And, you know, the picture quality seems fine. Um, You know, again, like we bought a sub $300 TV, so it's not like it's, you know, it's not 4K or anything, but... um, 
It's also not like Comcast looks great on my 4K TV either. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I don't think the picture quality would ever degrade just because I don't think the TiVo even has the capability of like recompressing it. I just think it would drop frames. Yeah, no. But yeah, if it's not mm. doing that, then no. Yeah, okay. I know. I'm I'm still <laughs> still kind of amazed that it just that it just worked. I mean, it just intuitively seemed like it should. Like they're, they're they're like the TiVo Mini has no way to even know that it's on like a wireless network or anything. Um, but I just part of me just felt like something was gonna not work, but it totally does. Nice. So, do you have any qualms about the fact that you're paying an extra six ninety five for the TiVo Mini? What do you mean? You pay another service charge for the TiVo Mini? No, you don't. Yes, you do. No, you do not. I promise you do. No way. Yes, you do. No, you don't. I'm getting billed for it, so yes, you I, do. Are you sure that you're just not on some legacy thing? No. T- t- unless you bought lifetime service for like $300, you are getting charged six ninety five on top of your... I promise you. Are you sure? Yes. Hmm. Well, whatever. Yeah, you, so, well, with that revelation, how do you feel about it's it? It's fine. It's it, That's the thing. It is fine. Because you know you're getting subsidized hardware or or something that's insanely close to cost, and and, and TiVo needs all the help they can get. <laughs> because that's the thing, nobody like that's that's like they, they just have such a hard problem in that so pe- few people like care about this kind of stuff, and like they just don't ever give it a chance to realize that it is a really worthwhile product, and that's just a bummer. I'm like now I'm looking on my TiVo account here. I promise you're getting billed separately. It it honestly it doesn't say that anywhere on the amazon webpage or anything and my, my mine says payment plan tivo mini service only comma product lifetime how much did you pay for your tivo mini 149 oh god damn it. hold on whereas the the tivo um i keep saying romeo but it's the tivo bolt that i have yeah you got um, the funky one that's like a yeah, it's all shaped don't weird. get me started on that it says service only comma annual so I'm pretty sure that this TiVo Mini doesn't have any, um, doesn't have any service plan. Then this is some some bullshit. Hold on, sorry, <laughs> hold on, because I'm getting because I see it every month where um, TiVo gets yeah. So even when I look in like the billing menu here, like the Mini doesn't even it's not a it's not an option. Hmm, that's frustrating. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I would have been, you know, I've been fine with that fee, but it literally didn't show up anywhere when we bought it. And even when I, cause you have to go through the same activation process that you have to go through with any other TiVo, which that was my only complaint about the setup process is that it takes up to 24 hours for that activation to go through. So fortunately I remembered to do, to do that the day before we were going to do all this setup. So it was activated by the time we did it, but that would have been kind of frustrating to like want to get this all set up and have to wait a day for it to activate mm-hmm. yeah man yeah even right here on the amazon page best of all you can add tivo mini to additional tvs for no additional service fee i no longer feel like a valued TiVo <laughs> insider how long ago did you buy yours like remember so I, I think i told you when i bought it like i got because i'm on the tivo insider like um like beta panel or whatever because i get like pre-release software for it like they gave me the romeo pro for half price so instead of paying like six hundred dollars for it it was only 2.99 um and i also got a free tivo mini out of the deal 
But yeah, apparently they're screwing me over by charging me six bucks a month for service. <laughs> it's still a good deal. Like I still get value out of it. Yeah. Even though it's presently not plugged in. But um No, I've had um I've had really good luck with TiVo, both with apparently getting free TiVo mini service. Um and then also, you know, that the whole deal with the bolt when that first came out was you know, I could sell my old Romeo by the bolt, which came with a year of service and like ended up like making money on the deal, like compared to the fact that I was paying, you know, $15 a month for, uh, the Romeo before. So nice. Huh. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I could have sworn that there was no mention of a service view of this thing. Yeah. And sure enough, there you go. Um, cool. And, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's probably it. Also, it supports like being controlled from the iPhone app, just like the, the bolt does, which is pretty neat. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, really cool. Nice. Um, so two lingering, uh, questions about this. So, um, uh how much how much space is uh the TiVo bolt have? Uh I think the model that that I have which is just the the most basic model is um 500 gigabytes. Got it. And you never have any issues with it uh coming full? No. No, I'm split across like a uh, multiple season passes can, between you and the lady. Yeah, I'm consistently I'm consistently amazed at you know, there'll be occasions where I feel like we have this huge stockpile of shows that that we haven't gotten around to, and it'll be like thirty five percent of the hard drive filled. Um, do you ever watch TiVo suggestions? No, I I have that turned off. <laughs> okay. Uh, thirdly, um, when is Better Call Saul back? Soon, right? Soon, I think it's um April. Good. All right. Listeners can look forward to that. Um. Yeah, and then you, so obviously you have no philosophical um, opposition to a bedroom TV. No, ha, but do you do you understand why somebody might? Sure. Yeah, I'm still on the fence about that as to whether or not I want to do it again. But I think it's probably it's probably a good idea. I I, I grew up with one. I mean, it's still always just been sort of a, a part of um, a part of my life. And I I don't I'm not the type of person who has trouble falling asleep or anything after watching TV. Got it. But like you have no um, like issues like with like uh, separation of powers or like or like keeping certain like saying like the living room is for entertainment, the bedroom is for sleeping and that kind of stuff. No. Uh-uh. Got it. All right. Well, congrats on being more uh, bought into the TiVo lifestyle. Uh-huh. <laughs> Although less bought in than you. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, I'm going to go. T- <sighs> Here's the thing. I'm I'm not even gonna bother calling him tomorrow because I don't care. I literally even like again again to spoil the the picks, pick of the pick of the week. Um, that was that was totally one of the things like I was gonna call out was the fact that you know and then also there's no additional service for this thing which just doesn't even seem possible. Maybe that's why they're in financial trouble. <laughs> I keep I am single handedly keeping this country uh, not this country maybe maybe yeah, uh, this maybe company afloat. <laughs> Uh, call call TiVo to ask what the fuck <laughs> TiVo mini service charge. How much? How much did you buy the mini for? Do you remember? Zero. Oh, that, that's right. You the you got it. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So so I'm sure. Like I'm not. I don't think I feel. I don't so feel like I've gotten screwed on this. But divided by how many mo- how many months do you think you've had it since like 2013? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's only only 25 months it would take you to get to 150 bucks at six bucks a month. Well, how much is your um, your regular TiVo subscription? Are you on the 13 or the $15 plan? Um, I I actually just... Um, oh, and I should, we should shout out the fact that um, I actually paid less for the TiVo Mini. Paid only, only paid $100 because of a um, $50 gift card courtesy of uh, your Eero purchase. Oh, yeah. I wonder if they'll revoke that if I try to... <laughs> if, I, if I say, oh, I only need one Eero, please take this other one back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm on the um let's see. So I'm I'm on the annual the annual plan with the bolt. So the first year was free. Um and then here this last October was the first renewal and it was one forty nine for the year. So that's probably thirteen or twelve something. Yeah, twelve fifty a month. Yeah, twelve twelve forty one a month. Yeah. Okay. Which is pretty pretty reasonable. Yeah. All right, so, eh, damn, we're always running long. Uh, do you want to talk about Uber, or do you want to talk about Alexa? I don't think I have anything else to say with the Uber stuff. They're, it's awful. It's, it's been a bad, it's been a bad month, and I would think will continue to be a bad period for them. But I don't, don't think I have a whole lot else to say. Um, so yeah, maybe the, maybe we'll go more positive with the, the Alexa stuff. Okay. Um, so yeah, so Alexa, there's there's been a couple of revelations. So um, did you see the uh, Joanna Stern thing um, about like just the uh, the concept of that all of these assistants seem to be female? I did see that. Yeah. So I thought that was one of the most interesting things to come out this week. So there's two other pieces of news. We'll we'll, we'll save those um, for right after this. But yeah, do do you have any opinions on? The fact that uh, research, well, that like the product marketing people and also most research seems to suggest that people greatly prefer female names and voices for these digital assistants. I think, I mean, I just think it's a, it's probably a, a byproduct of the historical, um, kind of the historical norm from the, I mean, I, I guess going back to like you know looking like the Mad Men era right it's it's almost all female assistants so it's it'd be probably probably just you know is, is born born of that right or wrong yeah um so I mean yeah it is interesting that uh Siri is is the one assistant that will give you the option of having like a British dude or an Australian guy um but other than that yeah like uh, Alexa and Cortana and all that other stuff are all totally female ah shit <laughs> um sorry I, I have i have mine muted she's across the room i didn't think she would hear um <clears throat> but yeah so i mean like that that was a really interesting observation i'm not really sure how they would fix that um other than amazon retrofitting the echo to to do other voices and stuff but um that is the one thing and i'll and i'll say this quietly but like of all the assistants like alexa does have the best uh name and trigger word yeah, I I agree. Because like I, I've considered getting a Google Home, but like saying "Okay Google" or "Hey Google" does not seem as natural or um, pleasing as just um, the the A trigger word. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, but the other bits of news around Alexa were that there are rumors that um, Alexa might become either well, actually probably both an intercom system throughout your home if you have multiple of them, and also it might be uh, it might become your home phone. 
Yeah, I the the part of the story that I, I've been a little confused is that when this rumor first came out a week or two ago, it was kind of billed as being new functionality with the existing um, Echo hardware. But now it sounds like it's going to be an entirely new device, which I don't understand if that is because of some new hardware that's being built in or if it's just going to be, you know, an excuse for them to have you go out and buy a, a new one of these things. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know. I'm a little, I'm a little confused about that part. Yeah. So w- when did the Amazon Echo originally come out? Because the hardware, other than, uh, the quiet revision, uh, allowing it to come in white, it's, it, the hardware has been entirely the same other than the dot. So when, when did Alexa, or when, when did the Echo like come out? 2013? November 2014. 2014. Okay. For Prime and invited members, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so it's yeah, it's now um, a solid like two and a half, almost two and a half years old. So I mean, I assume they have to eventually replace it. Um, and I'm sure if you're going to use it as a home phone or that type of thing, like there is maybe a different way they'd want to configure the microphones or maybe add different microphones for um, that type of use. So I mean, yeah, I, I don't doubt that it would get refreshed in that way. Um. And since most of the processing and stuff happens in the cloud anyway, I assume like any like functionality improvements are going to fall back to the the old devices. So, so if 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 they came out with the like an Echo Two and it's it's sort of big feature was this like home phone functionality, is that something that would get you to upgrade? No, I don't. I don't think so either. Well, right? I mean, just because like I who who still has a home phone? Who still wants to answer their mobile phone? <laughs> That's yeah, that's the more important question. Like other than certain like work obligation calls, like 95% of my phone use is um ignoring spam phone calls. <laughs> because anybody that I want to talk to, I I that would like either text me first or or we would arrange something different. I don't like I how how often do you use the phone for non-work purposes? Hardly, hardly ever. Yeah. And if it's and even if it's for personal use, it's usually for stuff that I really don't want to be dealing with, or that I wish I didn't have to do over the phone. Yeah. Um, and then the intercom thing seems kind of interesting. Um, again, doesn't really apply to us um, apartment dwellers and such. But um, I don't know. Maybe maybe you want to intercom over to uh, the person in the bedroom with the TV and be like, "Hey, turn it down." <laughs> um. But yeah, that's about it with that. And then a quick, uh, like, uh, touching back on something we talked about last week. Apparently, uh, one of the more reliable iPhone rumor and supply chain sources has kind of put the put the kibosh on um, the whole USB-C iPhone thing. So people, if if they're listening to this episode first and haven't listened to last week, so they can skip over that whole section. Yeah, well, I think it, we alluded to it last week where it seemed like the far more likely outcome was going to be exactly what this mentioned, which was the end on the phone or the input on the phone will still be lightning, but then the other end could be USB-C. And that, and that, would, that would make sense. Well, but, th- but that already exists. Yeah, but that, this would be the like, standard out-of-the-box cable provided along with the power brick. Yeah, but that also seems like the more dangerous option just because it like it just USB C is not everywhere. 
like if it's USB-C on both ends and you're saying like, oh, we're all in on this and we're, we're doing away with this proprietary port that we've like bastardized in so many ways by shoving it on the Apple Pencil and the EarPods and the Mighty Mouse and all this kind of weird stuff. But yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, the just USB-C to Lightning because the ports are so similar, yet they're not um, the same just seems so weird. I guess I've, I've never actually even seen USB-C in person, so I can't. So USB-C is kind of like the inverse of Lightning, whereas rather than being um, like one like center port that like the phone wraps around on, uh, USB-C is kind of like a shell where there's um, a port inside the phone that it like encompasses. That's a really weird way of saying it, but it's the opposite. If you look at a picture of the USB-C to Lightning cable, you'll see that they kind of look like they could just plug into each other. Huh. Okay. Yeah. It's weird. But then I guess the other part of that rumor was that, you know, you had mentioned, you know, one of the benefits of USB-C was the whole fast charging thing. And I guess the rumor is that Apple will, will figure out a way to basically have that same functionality in Lightning. Yeah. Um, I know we're running long, but uh, the only other thing that I had that I thought was important was... um. When did this happen? I think you're the one who, who sent it to me. Was uh, that Target said uh, that they were going to uh, they were exploring and supporting Apple Pay, um, and then they said like one day later, "No, we're joking. We're going to do our own proprietary thing. Never mind." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, is that strategy going to pay off? Like, why? Why would a company like Target that underwent like such a massive data breach and, and has, is trying to claw back from like that weirdness? Why? Why would they? Why are they dragging their feet on this? I think part of it is just probably um, a lot, a lot of it, a lot of its data. I think where you know a lot, a lot of these companies want to own own their data, and they want to make sure they have a payment solution set up such that you know they're sort of controlling that data. And I guess they could see Apple Pay as being a way to maybe not as effectively do that. Um, but do they honestly think they're going to get customers to like? embrace like weird like barcode payments or actually deal with their proprietary like only works at target way of paying i mean yeah i i don't know i mean it it, even like i when i was in best buy this last week and i just saw that they so they they take apple pay now and they were like one of the holdouts for that for a long time Um, oh yeah they're part of that like the the mcx thing weren't they it's something like that yeah so i I was surprised i was like oh yeah it's apple pay here now and then that kind of seems like the you know the way that the the industry's going, and it seems kind of um, seems kind of like the wrong the wrong side to be on to kind of fight that. Yeah. Anyway, so that that's weird. Like in in like you you sent a thing over about like master uh, Mastercard trying to do like um, kind of like what Square Wallet used to do, where like you can set up open up tabs um, using like custom point of sale software, like. All of this is just getting weird. Why, like, why can't we just make NFC payments a thing and just be done with it and stop having to worry about this stuff? Well, I mean, I, I mean, everybody wants to own own their own stack, as you would say, and so the idea of just handing that over to Apple or to whoever, like, I, I get why at the very least you'd want to think that through carefully. But yeah, but if your customers hate you, like, I mean. <laughs> Because like the the chip card transition has not gone smoothly. Like nobody knows how to pay for anything. Like the, the payment terminals are making angry noises at you when you don't remove your credit card fast enough. Like, I'm not, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's the, necessarily the the right thing. I, I, I'm just saying that you know. 
Well, no, like from a self-interested business, like, of course, like it, but just, well, but I, but I think there, I mean, I think there's even, there's, there's a lot of ways to even make it so that it's sort of a win-win for both sides. It's just, you know, that has to be a, a conversation and it's, it's, it's probably not one that like, you know, targets even had yet. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think all of this stuff, all this stuff will sort itself out. Payments in general are one of those things that are very much in transition right now and, and certainly have been, particularly here in the U.S. for the last year or two. But, you know, we'll, things will settle down and, and we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. All right. We're an hour and a half in. So let's, let's, let's do some picks of the week. Yeah. Um, well, so we know what mine is. <laughs> Uh, it's got, it's gotta be the the TiVo mini. It's, it's a fantastic little piece of hardware. Um, super small on top of everything else. It's, it's tiny. It's not a whole lot bigger than like an Apple TV. Um, and in terms of actual, like physical volume, it actually might be like the same as Apple TV. Um, incredibly easy to set up even with my unsupported hack together solution. And just the fact that you get every single piece of functionality that you get with your main TiVo is, is amazing. And for no extra monthly fee. (laughs) You monster. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And and then I guess my two picks of the week are the two things I've actually already talked extensively about, which will be a tie between the, uh, the West Elm slash Pottery Pottery Barn outlet and um, the Hue uh, dimmer switch. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty great. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Until next week. Actually, until two weeks from now, folks. Until two weeks from now.